Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. Laist Studios. Hola, abuela. ¿Cómo estás, hijo? From Elias Studios and How to LA, this is Finding Home con DACA. I am in this little corridor behind all the busy streets. If you haven't heard parts one and two yet, stop and go do that first. It's like gardens, playgrounds, there's like a little stage type thing. It's exactly what I wanted to do when I came here. But here's the spark notes. I got approved for something called advanced parole. It's a process that lets undocumented people like me leave the United States and come back. It gave me the opportunity to see Mexico, my birth country, for the first time since I left with my mom when I was two. Even with DACA, which lets me legally work and drive, I've always felt like there's this big question mark over my immigration status. Am I American? Am I Mexican? Am I stuck in the middle? And here's the real tea. My story is really not unique. There are hundreds of thousands of undocumented folks right here in LA who have struggled to find their sense of home. And I feel like this trip to Mexico has really given me a new perspective, a new sense of what that word home means to me. It's the people, it's, I don't know, speaking Spanish, it's knowing that this is your country. Part three, outside in. March 11, 2023. Four days ago, when I had just gotten to Veracruz, I remember I was changing clothes because it was hot. My grandma walked by and she saw the necklace I was wearing, which is a really like thin necklace. And she's like, oh, it's such a small necklace. ¿Por qué tienes esa? Es- Why do you have that small necklace? I told her, well, my dad gave it to me. You know, I was like kind of like shading her because like, I didn't understand why she was being weird. She's like, oh, I'm going to give you a really nice gold necklace one day. And then flash forward to today. It's Friday. And I'm just about to leave to go back to Los Angeles. I literally have everything packed in my suitcase and I'm about to leave. Uh-huh. I think my uh-huh. grandma says that and she's like, oh, come here. Side note. My grandma is a funny, weird woman. She's like a lot of abuelitas. She has a lot of comments to say. She tells me to go into her room, opens this box, and it's a really nice gold necklace, really thick and long. She tells me, I wanted to give you this because I don't know when you'll return and I don't know if I'll be alive. So I want to give this to you today. 
And again, her being abuelita, she's like, don't wear it out with your yeah. friends. Wear it only for special <laughs> occasions. You know, as you were saying that, I was looking at my wrist because I actually I'm wearing a bracelet that my grandma sent me from Mexico. Oh, wow. Someone this is Chris Farias, my chisme amigo and our social media producer for Elias. And he's also a DACA beneficiary. I think I was going to graduate like eighth grade, I believe. She sent me a really nice dress shirt with a tie mm. and she sent me this bracelet. Half of me, like, I'm scared to wear it all the time because if I lose it, that's the last thing I have, you know? But then if I don't wear it, like, I feel like she's not with me. You better know that, like, anytime that I want to look good, that necklace is coming with me. <laughs> I I think it's just so special because for them, you know, they live in Mexico. They don't make the same yeah. amount of, you know, money that they could have made here in the U.S. Their opportunities are different. And she gave me a piece of hers that is yeah. valuable to her. So... I definitely gonna be wearing it. So next time that we hang out, I'll bring it with me. Yes, yes, please, please. <laughs> we'll have to take a photo with your bracelet and then with my necklace. We'll put it on Instagram. Be like, yeah. you know, DACA, DACA friends over here. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Later that day. I finally landed in Tijuana with my dad and our family friend, Selena. As soon as the plane landed, I could feel my nervous system go into like survival mode. I remember walking out of the airplane with all my bags, gripping on my backpack really tight and gripping on my phone even harder. Texting my friends like, hey, FYI, I made it to Tijuana. I'm going to go through immigration soon-ish. I did not know what to expect. There's this official from the Mexican side. They're like, where's your visa? And I'm like, I don't have one. I have DACA. This official looked kind of puzzled. And I'm like, are they not going to let me in? Everything just like hit me like a train. She flagged someone else and I'm waiting maybe like a minute. But that minute felt like three hours. But... As soon as the other official came through, he's like, oh, yeah, he's a DACA recipient. Uh, just ask for his advanced parole document. And she checked it and she's like, OK, go ahead. I kept walking. I was going through this like long hallway that eventually leads you to the U.S. immigration side. There was no line whatsoever. It was an empty airport. We get to the front of the immigration official. She asked for our passports. I give her my DACA permit, my advanced parole documentation. I even, like, have my social security card to show that, like, you know, I, I do live and work in the U.S. and I have my driver's license. But this person was really nice and friendly, and she was just like, okay, you can wait for him in the lobby. He's going to go to a room with me. He's only going to take, like, 10 minutes. There, you know, I had to present my, my documentation. I presented to the other officer. At a certain point, the officer kind of starts joking with me because I told him, like, oh, I speak English too, you know. And he's like, oh, you're just pulling my leg now, making me work harder. And that's when I knew, like, it, I was going to make it to the other side. I was going to go through this immigration process quite easily. He gave me back my documentation within, like, 15 minutes or so. And I walked back, and the first sign I see 
welcome to the United States of America. And that was a moment where I felt like, wow, this is how it feels to re-enter this country, my country. And I do want to say that not everyone goes through this process this smoothly and without panic. But for me, it honestly felt like a big relief. I made it into the U.S. We're in San Diego. I'm about to drive to L.A. after 17 days in Mexico. This trip meant so much for me. Just being in that airport and feeling like I made it back to San Diego, back to California, made me feel like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of part of the fabric of this country. If someone were to ask me, are you Mexican or American after this trip, I will definitely say a different answer. What I would say, I was born in Mexico. I love Mexico. I love my hometown. But I do identify with being American more. It is more of the culture that I have. It is more of the way that I speak. Even the way I dress, as my dad says. So I definitely will say I'm an Angelino who lives in L.A. but has Mexican roots. When I talk about home now, it's about who I am. And I think visiting Veracruz, visiting Ciudad Mexico, visiting Puerto Vallarta, that has fed into who I am as a person and really the role I play here in journalism or here in the United States or Los Angeles. As I've been sharing my story, I've been asking folks to share their experiences. I heard from folks who have done advanced parole like me, But I also heard stories about people who self-deported and people who chose to leave the U.S. for their birth country. I really wanted to know, for all kinds of immigrants, what does it take to find home? I can't claim being American, but I can't claim being a full Mexican or half and half. I can't. L.A. becoming my home took a very long time. That's Chris again. I have this vivid image of the last hug I gave my family. I'm kind of glad that I was only five and I didn't fully understand that that was probably the last time I was going to see them. But I remember and I can hear the cries of all of my bolitos and abuelitas and tias, tios, cousins. They were all outside a big bus waving out to my mom, my brother and I. And they were just hysterically crying. And I didn't understand why. If All I knew was, I'm going to go see my dad. In Mexico, I could say I had everything. I had my family. We had a home. You know, I had happiness coming into this country. My dad, like, he lived in a garage when we got here. And he didn't have a stable job. He was an alcoholic. I would cry and tell my mom, like, let's go back. Like, please, let's go back. When L.A. then became my home, it was when I was a lot older, maybe like 10 years later, when I understood the language more, when my dad finally stopped drinking, when my little brothers weren't that little anymore and they could be independent, meaning that I didn't have to take care of them all the time. I know that if I go back, it is very different now. You know, half of the family that I had there, they're no longer there, either because they passed or, you know, they moved away. My primos, they're not children anymore either. They're in their 20s and their 30s, they have kids. Now, as an adult and understanding the sort of like 
privilege I do have in terms of me comparing myself to my family in Mexico. Like we can afford more things and we do make more money. We do have a lot more resources like education, luckily. I understand all that now and and it's it's my home. It, it really, it, it's become my home, but it took a very long time. Hola, hola. Mi nombre es Crisol Serrano. I am from Sonora, Mexico. I have been in the States for 30 years. But the question is, when did the States start feeling like home? When did I realize this is home? If I'm being honest, I feel part of me is still in search of that feeling. I'm still figuring it out. I think of little me on her first day of kindergarten. And you know how they say it's wild how our parents just dropped us off at school fresh here in the States without knowing the language. They're just like, here, have a great day. <laughs> so I think of that day and the realization of how different everything was. The language, the food, everything. So I think that's the day I realized this is not a long staycation. This is going to be home. And I'm going to have to adapt and learn I also think of Sundays, you know, those Sunday mornings in LA, cuando you have like the wind a little crack and the fresh air is coming in, breakfast is being made, you and your siblings and your parents get together at the same table. It's that one day a week where you actually sit together and enjoy meal together. And I think it just felt like we were back in Mexico. My name is Ari Ruiz and I was born in Mexico City. My mom brought me and my brother to live in Los Angeles in 2001, but we didn't really feel a sense of belonging until we were actually, ironically, in Mexico City because we had to self-deport in order for us to get a waiver asking for forgiveness for having crossed to the U.S. illegally. For six months while we were waiting for that permission to come back to the U.S., I would check every week our mail. I was waiting for our, my passport. I was waiting for my visa. I wanted to come back so bad. And when we finally got it, I felt like I'm finally going to belong in this country. I'm finally going to reach the American dream, get my Greek card. Now it's so surreal. You know, three years ago in 2019, I became a U.S. citizen. It's one of those moments where you're like, I'm dreaming, you know, like I had to pinch myself, like, oh my God, I am an American now. I'm a citizen, I can vote, I can do so much more stuff. That's something that grounds me in the work that I do every single day, working for Congress One Mexican Waters, knowing that I know what it feels to be not seen. And if I can't see the people that I work for, I can't serve them. And I know that we still have 11 plus million undocumented people here who are in desperate need of immigration reform. And so I know that the job is not finished. A huge thank you to everyone who shared their stories with us throughout this series. This has been Finding Home Kondaka, a special three-part series from How to LA and Elias Studios. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I've got a big old emotional write-up over on Elias.com slash how to LA. 
This last song I want to play you is something I had on repeat my whole damn trip. En mi tierra veracruzana, solo quiero tomar café, un poquito de azúcar y caña, pa' ponerme a mover los pies, de la penca de una banana, de su verde morena piel, ando toda reenamorada, solo quiero volverte a ver. Thanks for tanging along and sending your support. This was a hard and very different story to tell, a very personal one. So it really means a lot. A big shout out to our producer Evan Jacoby, who spent a lot of time and love into this series. Our other producers are Megan Botel and Victoria Alejandro. Thanks to Hasmik Pagosian, our engineer. Chris Farias is our social media producer. Erica Washington writes our newsletter. Megan Larson is our executive producer. And I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. That's it for today. I'll talk to you mañana. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com slash events. See you there.